back on the bottom of my heart. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Well, welcome to the first episode of Talking Malarkey. Hopefully the first of many. We got Mikey Stack right here, one co-host. Jay Griff, the other co-host. Pat behind there, he's going to be our cat. Minus the OnlyFans. Maybe we'll start an OnlyPat.com one of these days. No, we should get Pat on OnlyFans. Yeah, that would be should, good. We should get Pat on OnlyFans. We, we could probably do feed yeah. or something, right? He would, he would definitely sell it out. I definitely think so. Guaranteed. Without a doubt. <clears throat> Without a doubt. Dude, not the biggest card, but it was a lot of fireworks there. Oh, yeah. I had a blast. Oh, yeah. That was a good fight. For yeah. a free card, too? Free card. For any, any card you see a major underdog get a, a stiff knockout. It's a good card. Against a top 10 contender? Yeah, an undefeated contender in the UFC, oh too. Oh, he was undefeated? Yeah, in the UFC. Ooh. Yep. And the oh. dude, so I was, I was placing my bets, and I, I put the bet on Dawson by TKO at plus 150. And then last second, I saw Bobby Green walking out, and he looked so calm. And I was like, dude, he, he's fucking ready for this right now. It's like, I got to hedge my bet a little bit, put 10 bucks on him, cast out 45. Ooh, yep. dude! I when he came out to ski ye by sexy red, I knew it was over. I knew, <laughs> I knew he, I knew Dawson was in trouble, without a doubt. That was, I still can't believe. I don't know. What do you think about that? That win, as far as what happens with Dawson, does Bobby Green get ranked? Well, I thought with with Dawson's fight style, that was the only way Bobby Green was going to win. In my opinion, it had to be a stiff knockout, and it had to be in the first round before he got worn out, tired, beat on the ground. And Dawson is a rear, na uh, rear naked choke specialist, like nasty at rear naked chokes. But I think Bobby Green's got some decent, you know, submission defense. He submitted Tony Ferguson in his last fight, so I was t I was taking the odds that he wasn't going to get submitted. You know? Yeah. I don't know what. I just don't. Beating Tony Ferg right now just does not hold a lot of water with me. Yeah, that's true. I it drives me crazy with this this whole the El Kukui. I get he was good, past the you know, before he was great before I started really getting into the UFC. I not I don't think I've seen him get one win. Well, listen, they gave him the season. they gave him the best fight possible for his next fight versus fucking Patty the Batty, who I think is completely overrated, trash. I think Tony's gonna destroy Patty the Batty and ruin his hype completely. I do, I think. First round finish. Book it right now. Clip it. Um, I really do think Patty will absolutely put the nail in the coffin for Tony. Yes, yeah, because you've never seen Tony in his prime, though. You've only seen... He's not in his prime, what's the, that's the first, The first Tony fight you... Because for everyone who wants to know, Mikey became a UFC fan in 2020. He did, he did learn everything fast. You know, he caught up quick. He's a fucking brand new fan, dude. He doesn't know shit about what's going on here. He's talking about Tony's going to get starched by Patty the Batty. He, he is going to get starched by Patty the Batty. <laughs> yeah. So the first, dude, fight, the first Tony it. fight you saw was versus Justin Gaethje, right? During, probably. During quarantine. That was yeah, in, yeah, yeah. That, that was, was on Fight Island yeah. with no... And I think that was kind of like the beginning of the end. As that far was, as yeah. He, end, got, this, he this, got fucked up. Yeah, that was the start of the stretch. He got fucked up, and after that he dropped a few straight, I think, so... Dude, that... And then the Nate Diaz fight, everyone thought when, you know, last minute when Nate Diaz got switched to him, that was going to be, oh, this is perfect for them both, you know? Nate doesn't have to fight Kamzat, Tony doesn't have to fight whoever the fuck he was supposed to fight. Holland? Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. No, I don't think it was Holland. No, they, were, they mixed and matched. Yeah, it was a mixed and match. But, uh, everyone's like, oh, this is the fight we're going to see, this is the fight we want to see. A lot of people had Tony as the favorite, he still got fucked up, you know what I mean? So... What are you going to do? And if you can't beat Nate Diaz, I love Nate Diaz with all my heart, but if you can't beat him, you're not really fighting for titles at this point. No. Well, we can still talk about that Jake Paul fight if you want. 
Jake Paul, Nate, Nate Diaz. Diaz. <laughs> no, we're not going there. We, I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, he did better than I thought he did anyways. I thought he was going to do it. I mean. It was a little rough to start, but I mean... You could tell Nate wasn't invested in that. Oh, yeah. So you could tell he wasn't. Well, he's a, he's a, a MMA fighter, dude. He's right. a UFC fighter. No, that was a money grab, and he's just, he has that, fuck you, I'll do, I'll fight any, anybody anywhere, but I don't think he took that fight too seriously, as serious as Jake Paul took it. Yeah, and he just said he wants to do a rematch with Jake Paul in boxing in the trilogy in MMA, so now it's just sounding like a big money grab. Yeah. Uh, I like the MMA. I don't think anyone wants to see that boxing rematch, Nate. Love you, but no one really wants to see you. We want to see you choke Jake out in MMA. I would pay so much money to watch. I, if they were going MMA, I would pay. I'd pay to watch that, 100%. But just to touch on just the, the few other fights. Joaquin. Did you see Pfeiffer? Pfeiffer, that dude's gonna be a problem in middleweight. Dude, like, yeah, absolute problem. He and he's like fucking. He's like tall and cut too. He's huge. And Al Hassan, I was watching the hype up video, and I was like, that dude's an absolute unit. And then Pfeiffer came out, and I was just like, he's even bigger. Yeah, there were some people that were thinking that Pfeiffer might get beat by KO. They were kind of like the same thing with Bobby Green. They were saying, if the other dude wants to win, it's got to be by KO. But Pfeiffer just put, put the clamps on him. Well, the thing was, watching that fight unfold, there was an absolute slugfest. Everybody thought someone's lights were going out. Mm-hmm. That, that every, I was sat there, I'm like, someone's going to get brutally brutally KO'd. Or, Pfeiffer, it, or people thought Piper's leg was going to go out with those fucking leg kicks, yeah, too, the did, front yeah, leg. I, I, I was getting worried, that. too. I bet on Piper, so I was getting really worried about that. Well, a big guy like that losing your lead leg, that's not that mm-hmm. not ideal, but yeah. it, the fact that you can go him an arm triangle to win it, I thought that was insane. Especially with the dudes who, who get all their power, like, he, he relied on his front leg big time, you know? Yeah, well, he's big, he's strong. So you, you got to be comfortable to... switching up the stances if you're going to, if you're leaving your leg open to leg kicks like that. You got to be comfortable in southpaw. Yeah, the sound was a little too, because they said, like, the, he is a slower fighter. Kind of, he's way more patient. He'll sit back and wait for it. And even his corner was saying, he's like, you need, they, you have to get going. You can't sit here and wait around and try to make him lunge and try to get him on the counter. Yeah, that's one thing I won't get is if, you know, a lot of these corners are good corners in between rounds, but a lot aren't. You know, if you see someone who's losing and they're down two rounds going into the third, the corner's got to be telling them you need to go for the finish. No more fucking, fucking around, chilling. Yeah, you can't pussyfoot around. Yeah, you can't pussyfoot around and lose the decision. If you want to win, you got to go for the win and go. F- a lot of these corners are like, oh, you're doing great in between rounds when they're getting 30-27, two rounds in a row. And it's like, dude, tell them they got to go all in for this finish right now. Or they're going home with only half their paycheck. They're not getting the win, the win right. bonus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. And let me see what else. There were a few other than uh, the Joaquin Buckley uh, welterweight beast too. Joaquin Buckley, big fan. He's well, he he dropped down from what middle to welterweight. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, or is it he he dropped down? I can't remember what. I don't know if he dropped from light to middle or middle to welter. But he, so he dropped at least one class. He definitely dropped one he, class, he, and he, he looked powerful. He didn't get gassed either, dude. Mm-hmm. Three rounds, and he was hot the entire fight. Came mm-hmm. out swinging, never showed any sign of fatigue. Fast, crisp. Well, still a little wild with the strikes, but, I mean, he, he's going to be – I think that's his division to take, mm-hmm. especially with that welterweight division. was a little – he's been a little stagnant lately. And I know you said you didn't watch it, but the opening fight on the main card, Alexander Hernandez. Yeah, I missed that one. He was a favorite, and I feel like he, he fought Cowboy, I want to say, like, seven years ago or Here something. Here comes the Cowboy hate, dude. Here he fought go. Cowboy seven years ago after Cowboy had lost to Jorge, and Cowboy was kind of on the down, downward spiral, and he was talking all this shit, and I was like, oh, this kid's going to be the fucking future. He's going to do it. And Cowboy beat him, 
And I think Cowboy broke him after that, because after that he hasn't been. This is the first time I saw his name in six years. I bet on him, and he got starched 30-27 all three rounds. Cowboy will do you have think Cowboy, Cowboy will broke him? You, Cowboy might have broke him, which is a rare thing, because I feel like Cowboy's not breaking anyone in the UFC. Well, yeah, he's retired. He's not doing that. Yeah, now he's on all the TRT. If Cowboy's off the TRT... And he's TRT, got a head of hair now. You see him? He looks good. Yeah, he got his fucking... He, he, he retired. He got his TRT. got his hair transplant surgery. Yeah, he's good for him. movies. He's happy now. He's a dog. Yeah, it was good for him. Because if he didn't get on the TRT, I was coming to kick his ass. He would have smoked. He'd smoke you. There's no way. I doubt it, dude. Just because you went to, what, the semifinals in Connecticut... Dude, I was a decent, I was a decent high school wrestler. What division were you in high school? Yeah, have you seen Cowboy's chin? Yeah, it wasn't great towards the end, but whose chin is good at the end? Well, have we'll you seen El Kukui's chin lately? El Kukui can eat it still. Not even close, dude. He's what? getting starts left and right. When has he gotten KO'd, slept though, except for Michael Chandler? What did Gaethje do? Did Gaethje... Gaethje won the decision. He did oh, he fuck him decision. up, though. He did fuck him up for five rounds. That was probably the last... I mean, I think he's, he's, his chin's gone, dude. He's gone. Yeah, but he, the, the chin you could expect, but what else happened to him? Did he just get old? I mean, he looks old. He's kind of... He's been around... How long's, he's been around for how long? He, years. He had, like, an 11-fight win years. streak in his prime. He had, like, the longest win streak in the UFC. He beat, like, some huge names, RDA... Like a bunch of good people. I know when... And he never got the shot. Well, the big thing... Well, I think the bigger thing was just him not fighting Habib in his prime. Yeah. That's like... I think that is something that... That's going to be a talking point going forward forever, I think, is... He, damn, he was so good, and Habib is who Habib is. What that fight could have been. Everybody thinks he may have had a chance, but... I don't know. Well, I'll be honest. When it was first talked about in the prime and Tony was on his 11-fight win streak, I was all in. I was like, Tony's the guy to beat Habib, guaranteed, guaranteed. But then the past few years, maybe you think, I don't even know. Even if Tony wasn't his prime, I think Khabib might have just manhandled him. Well, out of how, he's, he's what, lost arguably like two rounds in his whole career? Yeah, you could say that. Connor handed him one. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know. I mean, people said that Connor beat him in a round. I was watching that fight live. I didn't think that he was winning any rounds when I was watching. I was rooting for him. I didn't think he was winning any of the he, any of the rounds. He may have may have inched out around. Yeah, like that's what people inch, say. An inch. But yeah, that, I mean, that's not just you. I mean, but that's I well, that's what everybody says, and I just said I've wa- I when I was watching McGregor forever, I was like maybe he did, but obviously the production crew is going to be playing that game. Well, the craziest part about Habib is that his wrestling gets you so thrown off. Like McGregor was so focused on the wrestling that he got caught with that sloppy overhand right from Khabib. And after the fight, you could see McGregor and his coaches said that that punch just pissed him off. Not because, like, it rocked him or anything, just because it shouldn't have got through. It, it got shouldn't have landed. Game, yeah. yeah, he was just so focused on the takedown, just getting, like, humped the whole time, the boring fight, that he forgot to, you know, keep his hands up and watch out for the crazy right. Because Khabib's not a striker, dude. He kind of sucks at striking. I will say, as someone who's his protege, Islam, he can, he can swing a little bit. I was, he clipped Volk a couple times in that fight. Yeah. I still think Volk won that fight, dude. I don't know. How, I thought that was a, at least a split on Volk. I thought Volk for sure won that fight, but I was biased, 100%. So I was biased, and I thought he won the fight, but I knew in the back... I was watching it live. I knew in the back of my head, I was like, these judges are going to give it to fucking Islam, of course. Like, they're going to give it to Islam. And you, even I had Joe Rogan, I had Fight Companion on, and they were like, oh, Volk won. And I was like, shut the fuck up. You're jinxing it, Joe and Brendan. And then, of course... Fucking split decision loss. I was shocked. I was I was like surprised, but I wasn't surprised. I thought I thought that was a c- 
clear win by Volk, honestly. I thought it was a, a minimum of a split. So you thought it was 3-2, three, three wins, or do you thought it yeah. was 4-1? Because if it was clear... I, I, had, I had a 3-2. I had like a one-round edge for Volk, and I only do 10-9 rounds. I don't do 10-8s. Well, one thing I like I about it. what Rogan has said in the past is, it, is like, if it's a fight, if it's a street fight, and you end up on top, you lose the fight, you know? And Islam ended that fight on his back with uh, Volk on top. <laughs> so Rogan's thing was, <clears throat> if it's a street fight, dude, you're getting your ass kicked. Like, you, you, when it ended, you're on your back. You're losing. But obviously this is sanctioned fight. But he also didn't really have him in too much trouble. He had him in trouble when he had his back. But even then, for a lot of the fight, he had folks back, and he was just he was just hugging him. He wasn't really doing anything. Yeah, no. Damn. So I, I yeah, like I get the whole. Do you oh, think like the, like the ground control or this and that? I'm like, but if you have someone on the ground and you don't do anything with it, that's just a waste of a round. I don't give you really any. I don't really give you too much of an edge. Being like, oh, like he had all the he had all the control on the ground the entire time, but if he didn't do anything, he didn't. What, ever, what's I, the point? Sometimes I wonder if having, like, the home... Because I was in Australia, so that crowd was nuts. I've never seen a crowd that loud. Sometimes I wonder if that hurts them, if the judges know, like, oh, the crowd's going to react like crazy every time he lands, like, a tiny punch, and they're like, I'm not going to let the crowd trick me type of thing, you know? Yeah, maybe they overplayed it the other way. Yeah. It's like, oh, we can't, like, have that bias, yeah. But I, folks I said he wants that, to be the next one in Russia, so... You know, go in uh, Islam's backyard. That would be insane yeah, if they have that fight dude, in Russia. And Holloway was my favorite UFC fighter for years, and I still love Holloway. So I hated Volk at first, but Volk is the fucking man. Volk is probably my favorite champion right now. Yeah, he's my favorite UFC fighter right now. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I, I like, I like, I, the, I like the, the, all those Australian guys. Yeah, you have uh, Hook, oh, no, Hook is New Zealand. Um, but well, you, you have, know like, like, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. part of the world. You have Hooker, you have uh, Izzy. Volk, uh, tied to Ivasa. Yep. I, I feel like he has an issue getting over the hump. 100%. Ty. I feel like everybody knows he can be great. He knows he can be great. It's just, it's kind of, almost like, kind of like a Derek Lewis when Derek Lewis kind of ascends to, like he kind of flies too close to the sun. Yeah. And then he kind of fizzles out and kind of, you can see he kind of like hits a wall. I, I kind of see Ty to Ivasa being very similar in that regard. Well, when's the last time the UFC had a heavyweight champion who was just like a big fat guy with power? I feel like it's been like Verdum, Stipe, John Jones, who are now, these are like hybrids. They're like fucking tall, fast, strong. They're not just. They're lean, big too. Big guts and power in the right hand. They can do everything. Well, Derek, like Derek Lewis. Lewis, you saw how he did versus DC. Imagine versus John Jones. Well, he's. Have you seen how what shape he's gotten in? Oh, yeah. And I love Derek Lewis. I'm a big Derek Lewis fan. He just signed a new contract, and he said he wants to make a title run, so I'd love to see him put his nose to the grindstone, and if he, oh, I'd love to see him get to the top and win, at least, win the belt. I would love to see him at a minimum win the belt. I think he, he can. Well, it depends who the champions at the time. Do you think he could beat John Jones? I don't think John Jones is going to be around for him when he, when he rolls around. So you think he could beat Cyril Gain? Uh that was, he, he did not look great in that fight. Because Very Derek flat-footed. Lewis, he looked, he, he didn't look like himself when he fought Gaines. Yeah. Well, Gaines also, like, moves like a featherweight, and he's, he, like, 200-something uh, pounds. Gaines is a specimen. I can't believe, I was shocked at how, what, the John jones gain fight, I'm shocked how that went down. I yeah. thought that was going to be way closer. Yeah. I, that, I don't know. Well, I was convinced it was going to be a John Jones domination, but I did not think it was going to be that quick and that fast. 13 seconds, basically standing guillotine. Yeah, no, I thought I was going to at least go to the third round. Yeah, uh, I don't know. He's Jones is such a good, just mixed martial, great striker. Uh, and yeah. Jones opened as an underdog on that fight. 
Well, he hadn't fought in like five years or however long it was. He hadn't fought in so long, and he's had his you know troubles outside the ring too. So that was a big distraction. He got kicked out of his gym and all that stuff and had to go find a new home. I'm just a firm believer that John Jones is like, kind of like Dana White, I'm a firm believer that John Jones is the best fighter of all time, and I just don't think he can be. Uh, Dominic Reyes was the only fight I watched when I was like, damn, is John Jones about to get fucking beat? But after that, I don't think John Jones should ever be an underdog. No, no, not after coming back after that huge layoff and then beating Gain, who was supposed to be the next guy in that division, uh-huh. and made quick work. So what do, you, what do you think, what would happen if it was uh, Francis versus John? That's I think a million I, dollar question. Uh, John Jones and Francis Ngannou. I don't know. I think John, John does think, get hit. John does get John, hit, but he has a chin. Uh, yeah, but I think he's also zoned in. Like for a, how many title fights did he have that he was like doing like doing hookers and blow the night before? Uh, Quite a few. Yeah. And now if he's zoning in, that's a scary. That's a scary, That's a different guy. Yeah. And I, th- I, could, I could see him easily be not easily beating, but I could easily see him beating Francis Ngannou, especially with Ngannou's knees. Well, I heard Rogan say once that he thought that John's like crazy side was why he was good because he could like go out and then he like has to like unleash and do cocaine and party and just go nuts. So we'll see how the straight edge straight edge John did great versus Cyril Gain though. So. You're right. It might be like a super freak. Right. I, that's, that's what I think it is. Well, that's, super John Jones. But that is a good so point that. on the other side of like some guys who do have like that crazy lifestyle and they do try to zone in. They're just not the same. It's like they kind of need that chaos to do well. So Yeah, yeah they got to know they could fall back and like go, as DC would say, sandblast hookers and snort cocaine. Exactly. Like yeah. And then maybe hit, hit people and go back and grab his crack pipe and then, then yeah, go back out. Yeah. No, that John Jones and Ganu, what I would do. I wish they, Dana screwed that up so bad. Well, I love Dana, but dude, he screwed that. He screwed that up so bad. Yeah, Dana's getting too big for his own bridges. I don't think so, dude. I don't know. I think the ask. I don't think it was too ridiculous. What was he asking for? I thought. Well, what did what did the PFL give him? The PFL gave him what a, his opponent gets a million dollars a fight, or he gets a million a fight and the opponent gets like no, half. No, I think he gets like eight million and his opponents get a guaranteed one point five million. So he was the first guy who was advocating for his opponents too, which I liked a lot. Yeah, and the I'm, UFC was unwilling to fucking budge on it. And I think didn't he want um like health insurance too or yeah, something? Yeah, he, he was advocating for a ton of other stuff too. Like he was try he was fighting for the group. He was not fighting for himself. Yeah, at all. like union type shit. Yeah. That's why a lot of UFC fighters had his back. That's why the ones who turned on him, I was like, what are you guys doing? Like, do you want, like, Dana to be able to control you? Like, PFL is doing good. Bare Knuckles is doing good. They're making offers. But other than that, the UFC still got a monopoly on this. But, I mean, how much money does, like, the PFL going to be bleeding out for those fights? Do they really anticipate making, making that much they can afford those purses? I don't know. But, you know, they talk about percentages, and the UFC pays their athletes the lowest percentage of all pro sports by far. So if they... If they're only paying, let's say, 20% of their athletes, and PFL's and PFL's paying 60% and still making good profit on the 40%, that's good to go, dude. You know, treat the athletes well, like the NFL, NBA. Uh, you can't say the NFL treats them well. Well, they have their own union, at least. I don't think UFC will ever become a union. I think it's always going to be remain private the way it is, and it'll just be like independent contracts.
<laughs> and we're back. We never left, dude. All right. Next week, or this upcoming week, this is gonna, this is going to be a pretty good card. I think there's going to be some fireworks. I think there's a lot of name. There's a lot of de- good names on this card. See, that's the thing about you is that he, Mikey became a big fan in 2020, and now he knows every name on the UFC roster, even these no-name guys that I have no idea about. So for this next week's card, he knows pretty much everyone. I only know Edson Barbosa. Do, do not go that far. Don't go that. I've well, no, you I've stopped, lost my edge a little bit. Became a scholar bit. quick, and you learned like within like two months of becoming a fan, you were talking to me about like 20 year ago history. I was like, damn, we got a we got a legitimate UFC fan here now. Yeah, I like to think I've worked. You know, I put I put the man hours in. You know yep, what I mean? Yep. I've worked hard. Well, you fell in love quick. I did. I yep. fell quick, dude. Yeah, I started. You know, it was during COVID. I was just watching all of McGregor's highlights, and I was getting amped up. Then I started watching John Jones. Oh, yeah. Then I found the Gustafsson fight in John Jones. And once you get on the YouTube UFC rabbit hole, you'll be on it for hours. Recommended, recommended, recommended. Jorge Masvidal, the Askren. I was like, who the hell are all of these guys? You know, yeah, like, I've been yeah. missing out on all of <laughs> yeah, this yeah. right now. Oh, my God, dude. I was watching Mike Tyson highlights, too. I mixed those in there. What a monster he was. Yeah, you sat down not knowing anything about the UFC, and two hours later you're quoting to Kelsey, like, we're not here to take part, we're here to take part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll talk about McGregor another time. Well, he just okayed, he's in the USADA pool now, aiming for April, I think, with Chandler. Well, I did just see, also, to speak about the USADA pool with the injuries, they need to figure out a way to fix that, like, loophole, because you got a guy like TJ Dill. Well, maybe it's not even a loophole, maybe it's legit, but you got TJ Dillashaw, who... Said I'm retiring. I'm done. Get me out of the get me out of the USADA pool. Had a couple surgeries, and now he's saying I'm eyeing a comeback next year. So you know he's jacking himself up with all the fucking PEDs well, did, well, did in the he world. Te- what, did he just hurt? It was his shoulder, right? Again. Oh, he's had major shoulder issues. Yeah. yeah. Like his his new shoulder surgery was like major. He's got like a a big like. Oh, like the bo- like the bo- like the body brace. Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the box underneath it. Yeah, everything, the full uh, nine yards. That's uh, dude, especially with like his like the, that like the wrestling. That's just uh. But TJ in his do. prime, I know it's before your time. TJ in his prime when he beat Henan Barrio, I think that was the biggest UFC upset at the time, and that was fucking wild. And I thought TJ was untouchable. Then you find out, you know, we don't know how long he was on EPO for, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because his cardio was a big thing. He just kept it coming on. Well, he said it was for his weight cut because his weight cut was killing him. That's why he did it. But, I mean, then Chael, so I love Chael because Chael is just like, dude, I was on everything. I'll tell you exactly how it was. He's like, oh, you could get off of that so quick and you won't even test for it. Yeah, but Chael said that the EPO was like the major leagues of PEDs. He was like, it's, le- it's a legit one. It's not like a little small one. You know, it's like a yeah. big That's what like Liam Armstrong and all the cyclists were doing when they were all on PEDs doing the Tour de France and whatever. They were just jacking themselves up with the EPO. And I guess your blood gets so thick, you have to like wake up at 3 a.m. to like run on a bike to make sure your blood doesn't get too thick. Because that's how like, like blood good, clots and like, like that's that how stuff. good your cardio gets. So TJ, oh. I mean, if TJ was just doing it for that one fight, then what a fucking it really backfired because he got starched in the first round. He looked like a Skeletor. Yeah. So <clears throat> you know maybe that goes to show don't do EPO. But I don't know, dude. If he was doing it the rest of his career, he was nasty in his prime. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I missed his prime. I missed Cody Garbrandt's uh, prime too. Cody Garber had a very short-lived prime. Was it like a ten, was it a ten? Was it a ten-weight fight win streak where he won the belt, and then it was like all of a sudden? Boom. I think he was either seven and zero or eight and zero when he fought undefeated Thomas Almeida on a fight night main event, and it was two undefeated guys going against each other. Cody was a major underdog though versus Thomas Almeida, a phenom from Brazil. 
And Cody just starts him, KO'd him, first round, slept him, and then he started calling out Dom Cruz, but he first he fought, uh, I don't know if it was the Korean zombie, it was some, uh, some Korean dude, and he knocked him out in the first round too. Then they gave him the Dom Cruz fight, and you know how that went, you know, five round beat down, great decision win. And that was pretty much Cody Garbrandt's peak, you know, he won the belt, and then he never defended it. I think, so. I think the only one I've seen him get was when he was on the, in 2020 on the Amanda Nunes Spencer card with Sean Arraf. O'Malley. He had that buzzer beater. His fist was at his ankle, and he just starched him at the Versus belt. Rafael Sunset. That was yep. so. Oh, that was crazy. And Rafael Sunset is no one to play with either. He's a beast too. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. <clears throat> TJ barely beat him, but uh, but yeah, I mean Cody's got the power. Hunter, I don't even know what happened to him, dude. Because I thought he was going to be a beast for a while. He's got the wrestling. The power. I don't know if the sport. Speed. I don't know if just the sport. He's got no sport, chin. I don't know if it's like the I don't know if the scouting report like the league is figuring him out. Like you see that in sports all the time. Like they'll have like a good year, maybe two, and then it's like by their third or fourth year they're out. You know, you said wow, like wide receivers, like all oh, our quarterbacks, whatever it is, or hitters in Major League Baseball, they kind of figure it. They figure them out, and then they can't make the adjustment. That that could be the case too. I'm also a firm believer that doesn't matter how talented you are at all. If you don't have a chin, if you can't eat a punch, you're not going to be successful. Like Luke Rockhold. Oh, I here we go. The, this is your spiel every time we Luke talk Rockhold about chin. Luke was one of the best middleweights of all time. After he beat Weidman, I was like, oh, this dude's going to go on a tear. But he's got no chin. Bisping starts him with the left. Uh, Yoel starts him. Paulo starts. Like, everyone's just, he's got no chin, dude. The dude's got no chin. So... What do you? It's like same thing with Cody Garbrandt. You you could do nasty, then you get clipped once, you get rocked. Doesn't look good on the scorecard. Even like sometimes you see guys. I don't. Maybe it's like the weight cut, and they they don't even get hit hard. They just get clipped a little bit, and yeah. then it's it's all over. You say they get stunned, and then they just can't recover. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have a good chin, dude. So what do you think about that, Sadiq Youssef, and Edison Barbosa? Edson Barbosa. Edson Barbosa is the gift that just keeps on giving, dude. He's been around for how long now? I mean, he was like the. He was like the stepping stone for a while. Like, you had to beat him to get your title shot. Kevin Lee beat him. Khabib beat him. They were just giving – everyone was just walking through him getting their title shots. But he's coming back. He's on American Top Team. So, yeah, I feel like if you're on American Top Team, you're already legit. Like, you're training with the best iron sharpens iron every day. So, you think he's beaten Yusef? I don't know Is much about Yusef at all. The, I don't uh, really know a lot of these uh, low-name guys. It's, uh, he minus 165 for Yusef. I'm going Barbosa. Barbosa is a plus 140. It's kind of a that's a what a pick 'em almost. almost that's a pick a big, em. That's I'm going Barbosa for sure, especially with the with Barbosa's got the he's one he's kick. 37, dude. He's 37. got the one kick KO power too. Yeah, he does. He has it's some violent takes. knockouts. Yeah. yeah, he's also he's way bigger than Yusef. He's four inches reach and he's like two inches taller. He kicked that one dude into uh into like, I mean he he kicked that one dude so bad with the spinning back kick. And the dude ended up going like crazy and walking into traffic a few years ago. So that shows you had the power behind those kicks. Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, dude. That's wild you just said that. I'm just saying, dude. I, the, immediately when I saw that, I was like, wait, is that the guy who Edson kicked in the head? And it was. I was like, damn, that kick's got some lasting effects. Yeah, then we have Jennifer Maya. You know Jennifer Maya. Not Number really, nine. Not really, no. She hasn't won. She's, she, was, she made a little run there where she was – I think she was going for the belt. She was kind of like on pace for it. Um, but she hasn't won – she hasn't w- had a finish win in her last like so five fights. So she's a boring fighter. 
wrestler. I think they're both wrestlers, so I think it's gonna be one, it's gonna be a jujitsu match. Yeah, if, she, if she's time. a boring, boring fighter, she's gonna have to earn the title shot to where there's nothing that can like be proven against it. Like That's Dana White's not gonna give her a title shot unless there's no other choice. Yeah, you you really do have to have a lot of like sparkle, like a Sean O'Malley. Petty Pimblet looks like he's kind of lined up to be that next Sean O'Malley guy, but yeah. he he doesn't want even off oh, like he was so pissed with the uh, Rob Font Corey Sandhagen fight. I think he walked out in the fourth round or after the fourth round. Well, it depends what you want more. Like, do you want like a boring a boring UFC champion, one that can't speak English like Oliveira, or do you want one who's just like a madman like Strickland who's just gonna say Oliveira's crazy not stuff? Boring dude. Charles no, can't speak Bronx. English. I said. No, yeah. I mean, I don't care if they can speak English. I want to see him starch people and get crazy finishes. Yeah, but Dana White's thinking about marketing wise. That's why you so always tell him. Like, yeah, but you also English, have to think English, how big of a market English. a place like Brazil is, or a place like, like another foreign-speaking country. Like, look at like parts of like Europe that can't speak English. You got some big fighters coming out of there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm a big Dubronx fan. Don't get me wrong. I love him. I wish he could speak English though. So well, I could understand him. I don't know. I love seeing that same translator in the cage who speaks about 17 different languages. There's always remember that one guy we were talking about, cool. white guy with like the feathery hair. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, he. I love seeing him. He, he'll. He'll. I feel like he speaks 17 different languages. Yeah. It's fantastic. And he always cuts it off in half too. Like the fighter will say like a 30 second thing and he'll reply in five seconds. And you know he didn't get everything the fighter wanted to say. <laughs> well, they do. Get, it's get, like what's he leaving out? Well, dude? there's no. Way, oh yeah, I can only imagine <laughs> what they're leaving out. Yeah, that's on the card. You got how, how am I supposed to slide into Charles Oliveira's DMs if I don't have Spanish on my keyboard? You know what I mean? He speaks Portuguese because he's Brazilian. Yeah, so. What are you, a Trump supporter, dude? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you just turned bright pink. All right, next one. Adrian Yanez coming back off a loss off of Rob Font against Jonathan Martinez, bantamweight. What do you think? I don't know much about him. How do you look against Rob Font? It was a KO. Two minutes. Two minutes in, probably the second round, I think. Well, Rob Font's a beast, though. A beast Rob Font's jab, dude. Oh, and my that's God. Where we're he's from, so good. People. Boston, so. Dude, I love Rob Font. We're I was big, I was very sad. I knew Sandy Hagen's going to be a tough fight for Font. We'll, we'll get Rob on this podcast for sure. I'd love to get Font, dude. Dude, if we got Font on, my Shout God. out the cartel, dude. Beast, yeah. Big, big, big cartel big, fans. Big cartel fans we'll get Font and Cater on. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Well, dude, speaking of. They'll, they'll subscribe Terrence to McKinney is fighting Brandon Morrow. Cartel is his debut in the UFC. Brandon Morrow's cartel. Dave Brandon Lee. Morrow's cartel, yeah. He's fighting Terrence McKinney. That just got announced like a day ago or two okay. days ago. Okay. Are there odds on that yet or no? Um, you'd have to, uh, oh, minus 476 for Terrence McKinney, plus 350 for Brandon. So we're taking the dog on that for sure, the cartel dog. I mean, I would say I would take him. I like McKinney too. But I'm a cartel loyalist. I like McK- I think McKinney's could be. A re- he, I think he's gonna be a really good fighter. But I, that's a. And pretty he had beef with that dork from Barstool too. Yeah, after that rough flying knee knockout. I don't even. What did Robbie Fox even say? I can't even remember what he said. I don't know what he said, but I remember after the. Com- McKinney was like pissed, dude. He was all over Twitter. He's like, "You're a fucking joke." Blah blah blah. That that got kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, after the Cowboy McGregor fight, Portnoy was like, uh, "Oh, Cerrone must be a tomato can. Is he a tomato can?" And Rob Fox in his fucking cowboy hat was like, no, he's absolutely not a tomato can. I was like, dude, shut the fuck up. He's not you know a tomato I mean? can, dude. I will, t- I will defend <laughs> well, Cowboy what dork know for eternity, dude. I love Cowboy. See, dude, seeing his head kicks, seeing those combos he was throwing together, like in his prime, he was a dog. Man. I respect Cowboy. I like Cowboy a lot. I just always felt like he tried too hard to be badass. 
You don't need to tell well, us how he bad has his own bad Just be badass with your actions, dude. You know? You don't need to name your son Danger or Riot. We get it. We get it. I don't know, dude. I... You're and a cowboy he, loyalist. It's okay. I am a cowboy loyalist. 100%. I respect this fighting, is a, this too. This is a cowboy pod. I think pod. he's a great fighter. This is a cowboy pod. Naming your son Danger, a little bit too far. No. <laughs> he's a, dude, he's BMF, dude. He's born and raised on BMF Ranch. Yeah, see, why do you have to tell us that? Like, we'll, we'll tell you you're badass. You don't need to tell us you're badass. Show me you you're badass, back, and I'll... You uh, see his back Nate Diaz is badass, and I never see him say talk about how badass he is. You know what I mean? I think he says it in so many words. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I see Cowboy and I'm like, oh, what a great guy. Like, I love this dude. I love Cowboy. Sometimes I'm like, bro, just chill. We get it, you know? You're tough. He was tough, dude. He was you know? really good. I, that's, that's a prime I really, I'm really sad I missed. Because so, so, the first time, I wasn't even really into the UFC when he lost to Connor. Because that, that was pre that was right before COVID hit. Oh, yeah. So I, and I was sitting there, I, was, I knew he was a tough opponent from kind of what I was able to, uh, like, research and just kind of hear leading up to the fight. And then just after that, yeah, that was kind of, that was the beginning of the end for cow, Cowboy and just kind of how his, how his career kind of went down yep. and how, how he left, which you hate to see. You like to see guys leave on top, but more often than not, you that never happens. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah. It's rough. So, we, so we, like, we like the cartel against McKinney? I do. I like the underdog. You like the underdog? I mean, dude, throw $10 around. on that. You're walking out with a lot if he comes out with a win. Yeah, I like I love it. that. And I like then I, I made a mistake. I bet against Rob Font a few fights ago. He was the underdog, and I knew it. I was like, oh, I got to bet my Boston guy, but I didn't, and he knocked the dude out. He, he's such a – I knew that Sandhagen fight was going to be hard, dude. Sandhagen will do anything for the win. He know, Like, he's so smart when it comes Sandhagen's to that stuff. Sandhagen's a beast, too. Yeah, oh, I love Sandhagen. I just don't know. When he got injured in – was that the first round when he hurt his elbow? Because he didn't really – like, I know Font had was able to do enough on the ground to – stop him from advancing and making any moves, but Santa Hagen just kind of like laid on top of him. I don't know if he was so injured he wasn't able to do anything, or I don't, I don't know. Like, did, what did you see in that fight? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't did, – did we even know about the injury until after the fight? I think we found out after. It happened in fight, I believe. It was his elbow because his elbow was gigantic after it. Yeah, so I, I remember I, – I felt the same thing. I was like, I wonder when he got, when he got injured, you know? Yeah, I just you, you can never tell. Like some people, they'll get injured and they'll have to switch up their fight approach and they'll fight better. And it's like, wow, what, like, why didn't you do that from the get-go? Yeah, and I was surprised that he just that he wasn't. I thought just he's so well-rounded, and I thought he was gonna be. I thought this. I thought that was the submission. I'm like, I'm surprised Rob was able to survive five like the five rounds because that was the main event. Well, he's tough, dude. I All know he's cartel. Oh, well, no, tough. he's, he's tough. Cater, but you, but Sandahagen's ground game is. Well known. I right? don't think I don't think they know how to quit at New England Cartel. They don't even know what throwing the towel is. You know, you saw Calvin no. Cater versus Max Holloway. That the was when I bought tough the sweatshirt. Nails. Yeah, yeah, the dude is tough as he, nails. I don't. Did he even? I think he didn't even hit the ground that fight. I don't think. Maybe hit was, the ground once. But Max Holloway's. Uh, he kept walking forward too. Face. He kept walking like it was that. Set a record. That yeah, dude. That was a crazy fight. Max Holloway's of. What and then you, you gotta like ask like, are we gonna are, are they gonna do Volk Max Holloway four? Are we gonna go down that? I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, I have like a love hate with that thought. Like I think Max Holloway he's lapped the division, so I'm like, how do you not give it to him? But at the same time, four and Volk's beat him all three times. Uh, Volk debatably beat him the second time. I thought, in my opinion. But he definitely won the third. Yeah. So he's won two. He's. I he, think Volk's leveled up. I don't think Max could beat him anymore. 
Yeah, I mean, he doesn't. Well, he doesn't spar. Holloway doesn't spar anymore, which I think has helped his career. Like, yeah, I think he's longevity. Young, dude. He's very young. How, how young is Holloway? I think he's only like 28 or 29. People forget how young he is. I feel like he's been around for a, like. Oh way, yeah, I feel yeah. like he's been around a long, long time. Like he yeah. got in, he got in the UFC at a very young age. He lost to McGregor uh, in the UFC. Very. That young. was in Boston. Yeah, and that was McGregor's. Like McGregor was going for McGregor hurt his knee or something in that fight. He wanted to finish. Everyone was like, "Oh, who the fuck is this Holloway guy?" Everyone was like, "Oh, McGregor should have finished him." Then Holloway yeah. goes off on a huge run and beats Aldo twice. It's like, oh, damn, McGregor was impressive for beating him back then, and Holloway's legit, mm-hmm. you know? But hold on, real quick, speaking of the Calvin Cater thing, what's your opinion on uh, the throwing in the towel for corners? Do you think never, sometimes? I mean, Cause some people you, have to try to, you try to have to save your fighter. Like, I, 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 mean, how many, I mean, how many beatdowns do we see like that? Maybe once a year, maybe. Usually never the same guy. Yeah. Because how long? When was the next time Cater fought after that? I think he took a long time off after that. I think he waited at least a year to fight again. But what do you do as a coach if your fighter's getting you? I you have to step in. But who who's actually thrown in the who's thrown in the towel in the UFC though? Because Diaz threw it in for his brother Nate uh, when he got head kicked by Josh Thompson. Threw it threw in for his brother Nate. That's the only time Nate got finished ever. That's and that. that's his brother, too, dude, you know? But my thing is, like, if I was into a corner for my friend who wants to take an amateur fight, and he was getting the... Well, an amateur fight is different. Him, you know what but I if mean? He, like, but if he was like, uh, uh, don't throw it in, don't throw it in, but he's getting the bridge beat off of him. I, I mean, if, like it's, if it's like that, it's you, I gotta you, make ha- you, ha- you have to do it. You have to, like I said, you have to save the fighter. It's just one fight, dude. Just take the L, get healthy, and get ready for the next one. Like, sometimes you have to do it. Like I said, you have to save the fighter. Yeah. Because They'll be too tough for their own good. Right, exactly. They want to go out their sword. I... I still can't believe that. I because mean, that was the big conversation after that fight was should he have thrown in the towel? Yeah. I well, when he, you know it's a lost cause, I mean, like right, he, like he could have gone for the finish. I guess. He, but yeah, he wasn't getting anything going. Yeah, that was finished that, that was a that was a that was a max fight. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like it like it wasn't like if it was a slugfest and it was close. Yeah. I think you you ha- you have to hang in there, but with it being especially going into the last two rounds, it's like. If he maybe showed life in the third, but Dude, I would have thrown in the towel. When Max looked over at Dana White and said, uh, I'm the best boxer in the UFC, and then ducked like four of Calvin's punches in a row, I was like, damn. Max Calvin does not Calvin doesn't miss, but even at that point, what round is that? That was already like... That, that had to be four or five. Yeah, that yeah, was... That, it was late. It was, it was a lost cause. I mean, you could always go... For, that's the thing about fighting, is that unlike like an NFL game, if you're down 50, you could get that like last second KO, you know, like you always have the shot. Like what we saw with Diaz and Leon Edwards. Yeah, but it's always it's just like the cor- or even uh, Derek Lewis when he fought that big Russian dude and knocked him out last second when he was losing that dis- like losing yeah. every round. But I mean, it's the, the corner's got to decide that, you know, if you don't think your fighter's got a chance to finish him, you got to make the call, I guess. I'd be I would be, be mostly against throwing the towel. It'd have to be bad, a bad beatdown from my boy for me to be like. I like is that so? Is the Cater uh, Holloway fight Holloway fight? Is that the like? Is that I like the standard? Like, would have you would you have thrown it in? I wouldn't have thrown it in that fight. No, you, I wouldn't have. You wouldn't have thrown it in. No, <sighs> dude, I don't know. I probably would have thrown it in. Like you said. It's well, maybe I have to go back and watch it. Maybe I'll go back and watch it. Maybe 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 I would throw it in. Do yeah. with your reaction right? Well, yeah, there. it's just not a thing that's common in the UFC. Do you think it should be? <sighs> 
No, but you had there was that there was that one corner who the fighter in between was saying I'm done, I'm done. They were like, no, no, you're not. No, in you're that not, case, no, like the ref should just go in and be like, he just called it. Yeah, and that corner got a lot of shit, a lot of heat for it, and they were like trying to defend it after they're like, no, we know him better than he knows himself. But it's like, dude, if he's telling you no, it's a no. Yeah. The question becomes if the fighter is like, I don't, don't throw it, don't throw it, but he's getting that fucking sh- brick speed off of him, and he's got two swollen eyes, and he's got no shot. All right, so here's the fun segment, our pound-for-pound pound power rankings. Any category, whatever we choose. This episode, we're doing canned alcohol beverages. I pick five. Jay Griff picks five. Then we have to collectively, with the existing five, rank a top five for the pod. So, Justin, do you want to lead us off, or do you want me to go first? So we're starting with five. Starting out with five, one. yep, and I'll let you go. And then I'll go, and then we have to sit here and collectively come together with one pound-for-pound pound list from the both of okay, us. Okay, all right. So my number five is a fairly new drink, fairly new to the game. Shout-out Nelk, Happy Dad, Death Row flavor. You tried it yet? No. I, I don't think about it. Okay. Well, if you don't try it, then, yeah, there's not really much to debate here. Okay. Well, we still, I still have my five, and you have four left. So. What's your number five? No, you 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 do your five. Oh, I'm going all through. You go. Going yep, yep. You go through. Okay. So that so happy dad death row is number, number five. five. Okay. Yeah. And that might work its way up. I've only had it once, but it was real good. Okay. <clears throat> number four, Coors Light. <sighs> is this oh, the white trash episode? Sorry, <laughs> well, wait, wait till you hear number three. Number three, Bud Light Loyalist. Bud Light Loyalist. You look like a Bud Light loyalist, dude. Oh, my God. What is that supposed to mean? Can you elaborate on that? <laughs> I'm not trying to get in trouble the first episode. Yeah, yeah. Bud Light loyalist. Dylan Malavy loyalist. Number two, high noon vodka. Miss me with that tequila shit. High noon vodka, grapefruit flavor. That's my number two. Mm-hmm. And then number one. The most slept-on drink in the country. Most of our followers probably haven't ever tried it. Lover Boy. It's a zero-sugar spiked iced tea. It was invented by uh, the guys who uh, do the show, Summer House. Uh, our favorite show, yeah, Summer House. a great show. Kyle we, it's you, we watch UFC together, and then we always talk about Summer yeah, House. Yeah, we're a big reality TV show fans, too, guys. Mostly bra- Bravo, best yeah, reality TV yeah. in the game. We'll, oh, have yeah. to do that. we'll have to do that as the next time for Bravo. Bravo is good. Bravo. We'll rank Bravo's best reality TV shows. Yeah. All right. Lindsay Carl loyalist. All right. So, absolutely not. not no. <laughs> I'm a Carl loyalist. I am not a Lindsay loyalist. Clip it. Okay. My top five. I will be leading off with my number five is also a hard spiked tea. Arizona hard tea, the lemon flavor. Didn't even know that I, I was. I didn't either. I went over to my buddy's house. I was at his pool. Nice warm day. Cracked one open. The lemon flavor is by far the best flavor out of the pack. A nice refreshing drink. Very refreshing. I was also heavily under the influence, so I could have a very misconstrued idea of what that drink is, but I'm, gonna, I'm rolling with it. Is it one of the drinks, though, that you could have like 10 of, or is it one of the ones where you can only have like two, three, maybe four, and then you got to move no, on? No, it's, it's not too sugary. Yeah, I, like, I believe I'd be able to drink a pack of those. Okay, that's why okay. everyone on my list, you could have 10, 12 of. You know, yep. They're not like thick IPAs. So and then my next, number four, Lynx. Have you ever had Lynx before? No. So, uh, it looks like a golf ball. It's like the can, it's like the golf ball, like label on it. You can get it in three different flavors. The OJ flavor, it's a transfusion. Fantastic. 
Okay. If you're ever hitting the links like I am all the time, that's what you're going for. Is it malt or vodka? I don't know. I think it's a well. I, I just malt. I think it's a vodka maybe. I'm, I haven't didn't read the label. I just drank it and thought it was fantastic. Okay. So I so that's the OJ. You can get it in grape and cranberry are the other flavors as well. But the OJ is the only one I've had, and I'm sticking with it. Are you gonna have any like name brand ones on here? Or are they all gonna be like weirdo ones? Like the Arizona's <laughs> a name, dude. Ninety nine cent Spiked tall boys, Arizona? dude. Okay, what's number okay. three? Vivas. My okay, I know Vivas. Okay, tequila. Huckleberry flavor, the light blue can, that can slaps. Kay. That's by far the best flavor. I don't care. They have a grapefruit one my buddy likes. I don't Is like it. Is it only tequila, Viva? Yeah, they're only tequilas. Miss me. Miss me no, I do. I, the Miss Me on the High Noon tequilas, I do not like those. So when you said that, I couldn't believe I agreed with you. But I am very much against those High Noon tequilas. The vodkas are way better. Okay. But these, these, if you drink a tequila drink, I recommend. I'll, I'll buy you a pack next time we hang out. And I'll get you the blue. Next one, my number two. Old Faithful, 7.8% locally brewed boom sauce from Lord Hobo. Okay. You, you've seen me drink seven too many of those. Okay, yeah. A few, a few many times watching, yeah. watching some fights. Of course, locally brewed. Yes, okay. of course. I'm a local guy. Got the cartel sweatshirt on. Had to hit up boom sauce, Lord Hobo. All right, They're let's up see what number one is. Let's see what his number one is. Number one is Old Faithful been drinking this brand for a very long time. I started drinking seltzers. Yes, it's a seltzer. Way before it was okay for men to be drinking seltzers, so I'm very proud to be stuck with this brand. I've stuck with it all the way through. White Claw. Black Cherry White Claw is the number one drink. that I, That is my go-to. I get the 12-pack. I don't get the variety. I don't really venture out. I'll try maybe the fiance may get a different variety pack. I'll, or if, I, you know, if I'm out, I'll maybe hit up a couple of those flavors, but I, the black cherry is what I'm getting at the liquor store every single time. So me and Molly, we love uh, White Claw too, but we do not like the black cherry flavor because we feel like the aftertaste of it is like the same aftertaste you have after you like eat a girl out. I mean, it's like vagina. I don't know what kind of vagina you're eating, but I think I think we gotta be talking about that. We have to talk about that, not about the drink. I swear, dude. Try it out, dude. Try. I guarantee I'm not the only one in the country who's thought that. My 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 beautiful fiance has not said that exact thing, but she does complain about the aftertaste. She has not compared it to that. Very strange aftertaste. Only on that black cherry, though. Try it out, people. The, I, I love the black cherry. I think it's, I just like, I like the flavor. The aftertaste doesn't really bother me. The, the big thing is even uh, my fiance would complain about like my breath the next morning is also not great, hence the aftertaste, but. That's what it is, because I feel like I'm breathing like fucking just disgusting air into people when I drink a black cherry white claw. What kind of air? <coughs> Vagina. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So those are my five. Now we have to sit here and battle out a consolidated five for the pod. But I've had a lot of your drinks, and I can tell them how ba- tell you how bad they are easily. High Noon's the most overrated <laughs> seltzer out there. Malt liquor, whatever it is. No, High Noon is just straight vodka. Yeah, but it's so overrated. Overpriced, too. Here yeah, in Boston, maybe, maybe 30 bucks for a 
12 pack? I don't check the prices when I get it. I just well, get it. you should check you your bank I mean? statement because that is a hefty price to pay for an, a very mediocre drink. That's only 4% <laughs> alcohol. I wonder how much Lover Boys are compared to them then. I think... I don't probably think, expensive too. Well, I remember when they came out with their, like, the espresso martinis. That was, like, wicked expensive. And those were disgusting. Yeah, I, n I didn't even have it because you gave me the review and I was like, I'm, I'll take a sip maybe. But I didn't want to pay the price for them. Uh -huh. All right, so our number five... Let me hear your bottom three. Happy Dad, Death Row, Coors Light, Bud Light are my bottom three. Ooh, that's but a we already know you're already out on high noon, so my number two is probably not making the list because you're really out on high noon. Oh, well, unless you want to fight me for one. I think so. I Bud Light's making the list, dude. Pat, Pat had it on his list, whether the fans right. hear that or not. Okay, no, I think. Okay. I, what's <laughs> what Cowboys are only loves Bud Heavy, so we'll take Bud Light. Do you think Cowboy still drinks Bud Heavy? I would be very intrigued. We should get him on the pod and ask him. Yeah, we should. That'd be our DM. first question. Are you still drinking Budweiser? How, yeah. do, how do you feel? <laughs> All right. I think we should probably put in. I would, you know, as much as I think High News is overrated, I'll put that at five. All right, we'll take. They are. News. Those are a really good, like summertime pool drink. I like. I I will indulge in a couple, but it's those aren't something I can I can drink. Maybe two, three. All right, you uh, gave me high noon. I'll give you boom sauce. We'll let that weird. Boom, boom sauce is easily a top three. Boom sauce. Boom sauce is a th at least a three. Yeah, but we're having it's seven point eight percent, dude. We want people who can actually go out and buy the drinks. You know what I mean? We're gonna have local listeners first. Think about it that way. Boom sauce. Lord Hobo should be out everywhere, right? Lord Hobo's a pretty big brewery. I don't know. Never even heard of it. I'm surprised no harpoon. I'm surprised sauce. harpoon didn't make the list. <clears throat> Should we just scrap the ranking? I feel like this is way too hard for my dumb <laughs> brain. Like the coincided. I'm just gonna talk shit. I think Coors Light. The fact that your Coors Light made the, is on is on a list. I love Coors Light. Coors Light, dude. What about like Mick Ultra? I know that's also Anheuser Busch, but people think that's a girly drink. It's like low calorie. Seltzers are low calorie. Like White Claw is only like nine, 90 calories. I think that's just how I've been able to keep my figure. Dude, my dad I like McUltras, especially on the golf course. McUltras are good. McUltras are great mm. on the course. Those are a go-to. Well, yeah, but... I can't believe you're hating on boom sauce right now, dude. Well, no, I'm, I never tried it, though. I just wanted people... people it's citrusy. Like, it's oh. the, I don't like IPAs at all. I hate IPAs. Nine times, coming, nine times out of ten. Pack, I'm guessing? Yeah, I come in a four-pack. They're a bigger can, too. I think they're like a 16-ounce can. Like you, you need you need really going. need like a half of one of those. It's kind of like an old four loco, but I. And that's I one of the ones you're only having four of for sure. You're not having more than four. I've I've drank more than four. Okay. I've had a pretty brutal headache the next day though. Ooh, pretty do rough. Like Irish, do you like Irish car bombs? Love Irish car bombs. Right, me too. We'll do a St. Patty's Day episode. At the bar, oh yeah, this would be yeah. We'd go in the Erie pub like this. this that would that would be a perfect place to go. Or we just do Irish car bombs on on air here. I mean, you usually could. All you just need, need, time all, you need is some, all you need is some Guinness. All you need is some a touch of Jameson and a touch of Bailey's. That's easy. Yeah. They go down can you, easy. Can too. you can you chug though? I could chug. I could chug an Irish Irish car bomb. That's only like I can't. That's only half a pint, dude. If it's like a freezing cold like beer. I'm not. I get, I'll drink like a shitload. Maybe on like a, a maybe on like a hot day, uh, dude. I, I I get like brain freeze and teeth freeze. I get teeth the back of my teeth. It used to be the front when I was a kid. It's like worked its way back. I haven't been a dentist also in like. 
five years, so that's probably uh, seven years. Twenty. I didn't go in 2016. Yeah, I had work. I called like the morning of. I was driving in at work at like five o'clock, and I was like, I'm not coming in today. And then I never, never rescheduled. That's probably why my back of my teeth hurt. I probably have yeah. a lot of cavities. Probably got like ten, ten cavities back there. Uh, I God only knows what I have back there. Mm-hmm. Any good dentist recommendations for no. this area? Because I'm in trouble. My mother-in-law is all over me about it. All over me about going to the dentist. No. It's important. It's important. Hygiene is important. Hygiene is important, but... Teeth. You're like, ah, teeth, maybe. Yeah. They were, I mean, we were made to lose teeth and get new ones. Granted, I got my wisdom teeth removed, so there goes that argument, but... You could always get veneers, dude. I could also... Have you seen Shane Gillis' new special? Yes. Have you... Remember when he was talking about uh, George Washington's teeth? Yes. But they show him at the end? Yeah. With, uh, what was it, donkey teeth and, like, lead? They showed, they showed Shane at the end. Yeah, they showed Shane yeah. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he said... He's like, no one of the guy didn't smile. His mouth was full of lead and yeah. donkey teeth, dude. <laughs> oh, how brutal. Yeah, you can't even have lead in paint anymore, and he had lead in his mouth. That's yeah, crazy. well, then that was like that was the good bit in, like, um, well, with Tommy Boy. Did you eat lead paint, lead paint chips as a kid? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we did, did our pound-for-pound pound ranking. We're going to tweak that. Well, Wes, yes, we will be tweeting that. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter, Talking Malarkey. Instagram talking malarkey. Go on YouTube, unsubscribe, resubscribe, leave a like, leave a comment for the boys. Do I go over Bachelor Party 2.0? That just that just ensued. Yeah, give me a little brief overview of Bachelor Party okay. 2.0. Stop down, Sumter, South Carolina. My buddy is in the Air Force. Couldn't make it to the first one that you were there for. So me and a few OG Plymouth crew guys from the 1718 years. Every weekend I was down there, so we got kind of that crew back together. Flew down Wednesday morning to Charlotte, drove two hours down to Sumter, South Carolina. It's about 45 minutes east of Columbia, so you're looking like the center of South Carolina. Played a lot of golf, a lot of golf. Nine holes on Wednesday, 18 holes Thursday, 18 holes Friday, almost 18 holes on Saturday. I think we played about 15 or 16 holes. So you could end it right there. I mean, if you had just golfing with the boys, it's already a great trip. Yes. Everything else is just gravy. Excessive drinking. I haven't drank like that. In a long time. Of course. I was feeling it. Was Dan matching you water for, water for beer? I don't think he was. He was riding around in the golf cart, though, so he doesn't golf. So Wednesday and Thursday, he bought a cart and just drove around behind us uh, okay. while we played. Peace mode. Yes. Yeah, you know Dan, and then he was making comments, and I literally looked at one of my buddies and said, I will slap him if he doesn't stop, because I just <laughs> couldn't make a good shot. And he's like, great shot, Mike. I'm like, Dan, it's going so far left, I just lost the ball. That was not a good hit. Yeah, oh. so didn't get the game. Yep. Yeah, we had uh, we did a, so how we did for the golf was stroke play on Wednesday. We didn't even plan on playing Wednesday, but we kind of landed. We were still early. It was probably like t- three o'clock when we decided to go, and we played. St- we went out at four, eighteen holes with a cart, eighteen dollars. Dude, that's not bad at all. It was not. I mean, a up lo- in here in Boston, you're paying like sixty-five for that. That's a good well, deal. when like at Ponky, it, I would say it's the equivalent of Ponky, forty-five bucks for Ponky. And Ponky's green, I didn't think Ponky was as bad as you said it would, but the greens were terrible. That's what the greens were like at this course. It was right down the street from his house, and it was super cheap. I'm like, I don't, even even in an expensive course down the street, my buddy was saying it was like, I think he said like 50 bucks. He's like, that's really pricey. I'm like, 50 bucks is a, a minimum at a really bad course or not a well-kept course. You're paying at least $50. Yeah. So, and that's for a nice course down there. So, we did that. We drank a lot. 
Wednesday. Yep, Wednesday we just kind of hung out, drank, we went to Applebee's. That was interesting. Cops showed up. That was fun. Um, not because of us. It was because there was dude walks in to another to a table and it's just like you talking shit. What are you about to find out? And we're all just looking around like, what is gonna happen right now? It was like ten o'clock on a Wednesday. Freedom it, of speech. Why did the cops show up? Uh, I don't know. We didn't get involved, but we saw the cops outside. They kind of did creep in in the back, talking to the manager, seeing on what was going on. Of course. Thursday. We drove 45 minutes Thursday night after a long round of golf. Don't showered, say, before you finish this line, don't say you drove 45 minutes to a strip club. Please. You absolutely believe we did. Did you Uber? No. Um, so you had one of your buddies drive 45 minutes, not drink, and drive 45 minutes back? Dan. Oh, okay, so Dan is sober. Dan, Dan's sober. always a designated yeah. DD. Dan so. is sober. Did you guys rent a car? Uh, yeah, through my buddy with his, uh, with his company, okay. and it was free, so I was like, I can't okay. Well, how was this trip, though? Do you think it was worth it? 45 minutes? So, the f- the I'll, I'll tell you, so it was Cheetahs. Shout out Cheetahs. Hold on, did they serve in booze Florence, in South Carolina, club? unbelievable. What? Did they serve booze in the strip club? Yes. Okay, because in Sig's, Tampa, they don't do Sig's that. inside, too. Sig's inside. Okay, well, that's normal, but they don't serve booze in Tampa strip clubs because it's full nudity. For some reason. Yeah, they were they were talking because I asked that question. They said no, they serve alcohol, and I was like, wait, I didn't know if there was a discrepancy if it was full nudity. No, dude. Uh, yeah, no, that makes sense. Were they not full nudity there? No, they weren't. No, they weren't. Um, so what the point is going to a strip club for not full nudity? I don't get why. I don't get. I don't get that rule. We should make our own and just fight the law. How much money did you spend at the strip club? Only a few hundred bucks, dude. It wasn't bad. We got okay, a table the first night. Clientele. Was good. It was so when we got in on Thursday, like, and we left. I think they opened at seven. We called another one. They didn't answer. The phone was disconnected. So we figured that would not be a good play. So we went to Cheetahs, unbelievable establishment, great talent, mind you. We were the only ones in there for a little while, and it did worry me. I said, "This is going to be a very long night or a very short one." Both nights were very long. We got a table. Which was fun. We paid, uh, it was like 250 and it, we got a warm bottle of Tito's that they stuffed in a bucket of ice. And the mixers we asked for it was a small solo cup, so about that big, that big, Diet Coke. Uh-huh. I didn't like it. It was not for me. I was, they, you knew they were trying to kill you. Yeah. So, then, got some dances. The clientele was... Not very selective as far as uh, how do I how do I say this politically correctly? Not a lot of them are white, which is not a problem for me. So, start off with that. Did that for a long night, ripping cigs inside, ripping Tito's, ripping cokes, mostly Tito's, a little coke, um, not that coke, the Coca Cola. Did was that a major problem for Dan though? So I'll, I'll get I'll I'll get into that. Okay. So we go. We have a blast. The girl I had was she was very nice. I didn't catch her name. Imagine I'm gonna describe what she looked like. Imagine you take two Cardi B's and put them together. Okay. Went back for not one but multiple. Okay. She was fantastic. Very nice. Okay. Very nice. Okay. How much? How much each of them cost you? Uh, a few songs. I think it was like sixty bucks for like three songs or something. So twenty bucks a song. But you had like buy like you had like buy in bulk. It was like BJ's. So you know like. Cause every time I go to the strip club, the stripper comes up to me and grabs me, and I'm like, oh, I'm the chosen one. I'm special. She likes me. 
She brings me to the back. I'm like, made oh, that mistake dude, before. This is going extra. This is going above and beyond. Then she dances on me and tells her I owe a hundred bucks. I'm like, fuck. She got me again. She got me again every time. You, you can't say no. Yeah, you can't say no. You can't. Well, you're. Yeah. You can't say no. No, it's <laughs> no. They put. They literally put a spell on you. Yeah. It is Spooktober. Hundred percent, dude. If you say no, your boys are gonna think you're gay too. So you gotta just eat it. Yeah, have to. You know what I mean? But the one discrepancy was, Dan had to get lap dances too. Dan, my buddy, for those of you who don't know, very straight edge, doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, crushes Brita filtered water whenever we watch the fights, whenever we hang out. That's all he drinks. Doesn't do any of that. Filtered only. So, uh, yes. So we were, I was very intrigued to see what his reaction was going to be. He was a champ, dude. We all went in, bought more cigs, obviously Newports. Can't get those here anymore, at least the, the old-fashioned ones. It's disgusting. Yeah, the green pack. Uh, yeah. The, well, the second night we had to get 100s. That was a little rough. Um, Did you guys feel like the shit, like smoking cigs, like, getting like lap dancing uh, at the strip club? It was fantastic. It was very, it was fantastic. <laughs> second of the, so Thursday, Dan not only got like, one round, right? Got like the few songs. He got, he went back for seconds, dude. I was shocked. Yeah, like you guys were like all out back and you're like, wait, where's Dan? You go back and you sneak it in the last lap, Dan. Yeah, dude, yeah. That's what people, people who have no vice. He had a like shit eating grin on his you face. You gotta watch too. out because he'll get addicted to something quick. Strippers might be his vice now. I mean, you hey, know, I'll be there for keep him. Keep an eye on him. I'm, I'm a friend. I'm a great friend. I'll keep be there for him if I have supportive to. supportive of him? Yeah, I'll That's be super supportive. Yeah. I won't pay for his dances, but I'll go with him. That's fair. My buddy also did a jersey swap with uh, one of the strippers. That was really funny. She had, like, a lace long-sleeve see-through lace shirt. He had, like, a really funny, like, polo shirt, and they swapped jerseys. We got photos. They signed each other's shirts. It was that, – that was a scene in, okay. the middle, in, the, in the middle of the strip club. And then later in the night, it got really rowdy. The music was so loud. I could be right next to you talking in your ear. You would not even hear anything that was coming out of my mouth. My insides are rumbling. It was so loud in there. Yeah, I don't like that, dude. I don't like being yeah. like that. Yeah, no, a, a, few, a few nice ladies walked up to me, and they were like, oh, I, she was obviously asking probably if she, she wanted to take her to the VIP lounge, and I was like... You were like, I can't read lips. I literally said, I can't hear you 15 times. She couldn't read my lips. She just walked away, and I was like, hey. Yeah. I wasn't going to anyways, obviously, but... You should have just shoot them off. I don't want to shoot them off. That'd I mean, they're, they're people, move. too. So. That would have been a balling move. That's really mean. Yeah. I don't think you're, you're, very, you're not very nice to strippers, are you? No, I, I love strippers, <laughs> and I respect their grind 100%. <coughs> I just wish they would stop duping me for 100 that was a gr- That was a great pun. Great pun. So, yeah, so we did that Thursday. Met, uh, no, uh, yeah, uh, no, that was Friday, so we went Thursday. So Friday's that second day. I couldn't hear a goddamn thing in the place. Met a girl named Paradise. She was very nice. Also, not white. Hey. I love everybody. Yeah, no problem Always love, dude. Always love. Yep, so did that, stayed out way too late, woke up Saturday, went to golf, and I was so hungover, I battled. It was like a 28-3 to with three minutes left in the third after the front nine. I was not feeling it. I wanted to concede the day. I sacked up. I got some Mick Ultras. They they dug me out. A little hair of the dog? A little hair of the dog, but I was like already hitting the hangover. But I came off hot, dude. I started with like a fireball shot to start that Saturday morning. Not the best idea. I think I might have two in the front nine, and I like wasn't drinking. Well, how'd you play? Like shit, dude. Okay. Awful. Right. Absolutely terrible. I was gonna say maybe if you're nasty at playing hungover, you want to get fucked up beforehand every time you go off. Yeah, but we were up early. We agreed on like 11 o'clock tee times every day. We we're out on the course like no later than 10. So like that extra hour of sleep and like prep time. But we was fun though. So the golf tournament part was really good because we did the stroke play 
on Wednesday for nine holes. Best two players get a coin flip on who picks their scramble partner for the week. I was the first pick. No. And I played the worst, actually, the worst score. Thursday, we did 2v2 scramble, but one team, each team could pick if they wanted to do two free mulligans for their own team, two reverse mulligans to use on the other team, so you have to play back your shot, or you could have one of one. Both teams went one and one. We ended up using both reverse mulligans on the same hole, back-to-back shots. I put a seven iron so close to that pin. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was a good. It was probably 130 yards out, took my seven iron. I'm going crazy. Play it back. Hook it left. Next shot, or two shots on the other team. My buddy put it in, in the hole. He was probably 100 yards out. He skimmed it through the sand trap, up and over, dunked it. Mm-hmm. Had to play it back. So we, so that was fun, playing the reverse mulligan I really liked. And then on uh, Friday and Saturday, we did advantage-disadvantage for every hole you play. You spin a wheel, you win the hole, you spin the wheel for advantage and disadvantage. We weighted it more for the advantage. So the advantage would be like you can cut a putt in half, you can hit from the reds, whatever you spin on that wheel. And like a disadvantage would be like you can only play three clubs. Um, you have to double a putt. We had like all different ones. So the, I, I thought that was the funnest part about all the golf was playing the advantage-disadvantage. It did. Pace of play was kind of an issue. Saturday ended up being an issue. Ended up leaving a little early. But... That bachelor party was a blast until the flight home. As soon as we landed at Boston Logan Airport, I waltzed myself right to the bathroom and proceeded to puke in the toilet. You held up the whole flight, though. I held up the whole flight. I didn't didn't know I was going to puke until I was sitting outside the bathroom, and I was just like, hand over the mouth. I was like, kind of like hustling a little bit, had a tap of dude on the shoulder. He turned around, not knowing what was going on, and he just like skidded right out of my way. I was like, oh, thank he God. He saw your face. He was like, this guy's about to fucking... Yeah, he's like, he's like, I almost got puked on. I was like, you certainly <laughs> did, sir. You certainly did. You're like, it's not too late, buddy. Shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then I drove home, and then I came here, and then I proceeded to just wither away in my bed and just cower away and didn't move. And I had a really bad cough as well, probably on the cigs. Called out of work. I call that a successful bachelor party. It was a successful bachelor party. You don't come party. back deathly hungover, you didn't have a good bachelor No, exactly, party. and that was the no thing. Shot. Saturday night was such a battle. Everyone was talking trash to me, and I was just, like, nursing an RBV at the bar, and I was just like, oh, my God. Were they talking trash to you because you tried to go to bed at 1 a.m. like you did at the bachelor party I was on? Everybody else went to bed. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, I knew I was trying to pace myself. So, yeah, yeah you, okay, fine. And I also, yep. the best part His was... His own my, bachelor party, 1 a.m., comes out in his fucking wife beater. I'm going to bed, guys. Hey, I was fine. You know the who next stayed day. up till four? Dan, sober with me. Beast. You were up later. I woke up at like five, and you were sl- you were on your phone in the fetal position with couch cushions in the kitchen. Yeah, I was too excited to sleep that night. <laughs> you wanted the party to keep going. Yeah, you should have stayed the second night. I ended up just leaving at like six. Probably shouldn't have drove home that early, but I was like, fuck, I can't sleep, dude.